You're listening to Experts in Their Field, a podcast from the Agricultural Science Association, generously sponsored by Dairy Gold Agribusiness. Hello, my name is George Ramsbottom and I'm the president of the Agricultural Science Association. In this episode of Experts in Their Field, Susan Marr, our council member of the association, interviews John Lancaster. John is a Wexford native and agricultural science graduate. It's interesting to hear how John's degree in agricultural science, while broad in nature, is employed on an everyday basis in his role with Stonex in their multinational client base of dairy processors, traders and end users, where he develops and implements risk management and hedging programs. We wish John and his family every success for the future. Hello and thank you for joining me today um, in Experts in Their Field. My name is Susan Marr. I'm a, an I graduate um, and an agri manager with Bank of Ireland and a council member of the ASA. I'm delighted to be joined today by John Lancaster. He is the head of EMEA Dairy and Food Consulting at StoneX based in Dublin. John, you're very welcome and thank you for joining me today in this podcast. Um, we might kick off, John, maybe but just by telling us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm originally from um, North Wexford, Northeast Wexford. So right in the kind of about a mile and a half from the Wicklow border and about six miles from the Carlow border, um, just on the foothills of, of Blackstairs Mountains, looking straight up on, on Mount Leinster. Um, from a totally unbiased point of view, I would say one of the, the nicest parts of the country. I'm sure many people would <laughs> have their own uh, their their own opinions on that as well. Um, but kind of a, a role, a really rolling agricultural landscape, um, a very kind of mixed agricultural area as well. You've got everything from you know a lot of tillage, beef, dairy, sheep. So a bit of a combination of everything and uh, a lot of a lot of commercial agriculture in, in the area as well. Um, I grew up on a mixed tillage uh, beef suckler farm. So we, we kind of basically a combination of, of pretty much everything uh, apart from pigs or poultry. So um, malting barley, wheat, sugar beets, um, and then uh, suckler cows, store cattle. And then for the beef tops during the winter, we used to, to keep sheep and, and fatten them up over the winter. So kind of got good experience across most of the of, of the main um, the main agricultural sectors. Um, I went to school in 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 Bunclody. Uh, a shout out to the to the FCJ there. Um, and um, kind of in my my school years. My whole my whole family, extended family, is involved in agriculture. Uh, on my father's side and my mother's side, all of my aunts and uncles are are directly involved in production agriculture. So it was kind of a natural progress for me to kind of go that direction as well. And initially, I'd been thinking about green cert, or maybe not thinking, as <laughs> kind of going down down that direction by default. And then I suppose in sixth years, my or late fifth year, sixth year, my career guidance teacher um, started talking about the agricultural course in UCD, and I should look at that as well. So uh, I ended up applying for that. Um, I managed to miss the open day uh, for UCD, so that the first time I actually was ever on the Belfield campus was the registration day on, on the first day of college. 
So <laughs> it was we we missed the flyover the first time uh, coming up the N11. So we had to to wrap around at use uh, at the sorry at uh, RT and come back down again. So there was uh, some consternation in the car. I remember on that day. Um, but uh, so I ended up going into uh, animal and, and, and crop production uh, and graduating in, in 2002 um, with, uh, with, with a BAG degree. Very good. And I suppose coming out then with your BAG, um, you know, where did you go to from there? Yeah, so um, I, I think this is something, I suppose, especially for people coming out from the animal and crop side. Um, like I had a lot of friends in college who were in other courses as well, like engineering and science and, uh, and, uh, and other areas like that. And for a lot of them, it felt like there was a more, more defined career pathway involved in, in the course. I mean, like your civil engineer is kind of a relatively defined sector, you know, that you're, you slot into easily. Um, I suppose one of the things coming, coming out with the animal crop side was, um, at the time, I, it, it felt like it was a very, and it is a very general degree. And that has, uh, you know, in, in the time that's passed me, that's served me incredibly well. But when you finish up, um, it, it kind of felt like, you know, there wasn't a really clear direction or pathway to, to go down. There was the graduate schemes, et cetera. Um, but, you know, if, if that kind of side didn't appeal to you, it was kind of like nearly, the world is your oyster. But, you know, the fact that there's so much, opportunity and choices there was a little bit bewildering. Um, so I, I had a kind of always a, a natural bent towards the engineering side of things as well. Um, and it's something that my family was very involved in um, from the point of view of building equipment, repairing, modifying things. Um, so I decided um, I was going to be get a little bit more specialized and I went and did the um, engineering technology masters um, through the, the through agriculture biosystems engineering a com combination of both there um, out in in Ellsford Terrace and the idea there was to kind of uh, well a to it kind of put put making life decisions off for another year and uh, be kind of more focused in the area that kind of appealed to me toward a little bit more towards that Kind of maybe uh, engineering engineering side of things, um, and I found that I found that great. That was that was a, that was a really really uh, really good masters. It was a one year taught masters. Um, There's some really really good people um, on on lecture side and in 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 the class, and um, as part of the of the the project on that, um, I I really got a, a graph for research and uh, kind of being that self-directed type area, you know, having a problem, working through the problem, hitting brick walls, walking around those brick walls and, and, and finding, finding ways forward. Um, so that kind of uh, got my, uh, got a bit of my, um, my, my grow, so to say at, at, at that stage as well. So I ended up you know, finishing up that master's, uh, working for a while on the farm at home, and then ending up going back to the biosystems department and starting a, a PhD in, um, is effectively environmental risk management, uh, about, uh, about slurry, uh, about timing of slurry spreading, um, 
etc. Um, you actually got to combine then your two passions, John, for yeah. <laughs> and it seems that through further education you got to kind of you know discover your niche or you know what was interesting, what interested you within the industry and maybe what direction yeah. um, you were going to go. Um, so yeah. what happened then from there? Yeah, it, it, it's funny because I, I think just kind of there's broadly two types of people who end up in in PhDs. I'm, I'm generalizing massively here, uh, most likely, but kind of there's people who kind of maybe are very, very academically focused and kind of see this as a kind of natural pathway. And there's people who kind of fall into it is not uh, is not the right phrase. And so but like circumstances make them realize maybe this is the way that they they want to go. Um, I remember um, you know, it, it's very, uh, I'm showing my age now, but it's, it's a long time since my, my undergraduate lectures, but there's one lecture in particular that kind of still jumps out to me. And it was with Miles Rat on, on dairy nutrition. And Miles was, a, Miles was a very interesting lecture because you'd come out after the lecture and you'd have a couple of pages of notes but they'd be, it was nearly a stream of consciousness rather than a, a structured lecture a lot of the time. And in retrospect, they were fantastic, but at the time it was a little bit, you know, you kind of had to fill in the blanks and stuff. But I remember him talking one day about, you know, people, about the type of person that he'd like doing like a research master's or PhD. And it was all about, you know, you know, I'd write, and I'm paraphrasing probably badly here, but it was about how he'd much prefer somebody who had dedication and diligence and just you know, the tenacity to keep going and going and going rather than someone who's ne necessarily academically brilliant, but necessarily didn't have the work ethic or the, um, the tenacity to, to, to keep going. I think, you know, it's nearly a metaphor for a lot of things in life. You know, you don't necessarily have to be you know, the most brilliant person in the, in the world. It's, getting up every morning and just attacking that problem again and again and again. Because most things in life aren't, you know, brilliant. They're perspiration and, you know, belligerence to, to, keep, yeah. the, to keep going forward every day. That, that sounds like a, a very good uh, piece of advice and, uh, and obviously it stuck with you. Um, it stuck with me, yeah, all these years is, later. Yeah, I think so. So you went, you went on then from, um, from your PhD, um, I suppose, towards yeah, the end so, of that, there was a, you know, a, a bit of a shift or a bit of a... Yeah, so I, I, didn't, I didn't finish that. Um, so in, in 2010, um, the economy was, was pretty poor. <laughs> and um, one of the guys I'd worked with in the... In the the, the lab in UC in the office in, in UC and elsewhere Terrace, uh, Rory Devereaux had started working with a company here in, in Dublin um, called um, FC Stone. And um, I didn't know anything about them or anything like that. And he, he gives me a call one day and said, you should come in here and have a, have a chat. Um, so I, I wandered in and sat down. Um, I only realized afterwards it was really a job interview. <laughs> it was one, one of one of those types of things. And um, I ended up at, at the start part time and then transitioning to a full time role uh, working with um, FC Stone as it was in the time, which is, has now become um, StoneX um, starting in, in 2010. And at that stage, we were uh, a very small office. Um, 
there was only, I think, like uh, four people there. Um, Stonex as a company is, 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 is uh, now is a pretty large company. Uh, we're NASDAQ listed Fortune 500. We've got about three and a half thousand people uh, globally. Um, but at that stage, we were, we were significantly smaller. And um, it was working there at the start as a, a commodity analyst. Um, looking at mainly the kind of dairy and, and the grains markets. And as part of that role as well, we started developing um, dairy contracts. Um, actually, I, I should probably roll back a little bit on, on this going, um, what I actually do. <laughs> we work in, a, in, the, in the financial services space. So it's about um, commodity risk management using um, financial instruments to help people manage the, their, their commodity risk uh, across different products. And it, the part of the company that I work in and, and, and my team work in is on the, on the, on the dairy side, so uh, on, the, on the global level. So very, very niche, John, from somebody who, who qualified for their BIAG, not really not knowing what to <laughs> Oh, and in a short few years, I suppose you you know, through further education and, and through opportunity and being open to that opportunity, you ended up in a role that actually satisfied all of your curiosity. And I'm sure, you know, there's daily challenges within the role that you're doing as well. Maybe just tell us a bit about what, you you know, what that role involves day to day. Yeah, so it, it's, yeah, it, it, that's, that's a really good point. Like, you know, when I graduated in 2002, the idea of working for a financial services firm would have been totally alien. Um, I mean, Sorry, I mean, outside of say, you know, uh, Irish banks or something like that, but from kind of front of view of a, 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 tra a trading firm, et cetera. Um, so the idea of like the, the, well, the you know, trading places or the, you know, at, well, at that stage, the Wolf of Wall Street hadn't been released, but that type of, of, of the idea of that image of a company was, was totally alien. And, you know, the day-to-day -day life <laughs> in, a, in a financial services company is totally different to, to, to those images as well. Um, but yeah, so on, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, we work here in Dublin and on, on, a, on a global level. So we on the dairy side, our main offices are in here in Dublin, in Chicago, and in Singapore. So we cover the main main um, main production areas globally. So the Europe, the US, and, and Oceania from that point of view, and the big demand centers for, for Singapore covers uh, China as well. And um, we work with uh, our, our customer base of, you know, very, very customer base of multi, most would be multinational or national level companies um, from pr producers. So when we talk about producers, we're talking about dairy co-ops and processors and to traders, so the physical traders that act within the dairy space and end users. So the likes of the big food manufacturers, big food multinationals, etc. So out of, I suppose, if you were looking at, you know, the top you know, 20 or 30 dairy companies are involved in the dairy space globally, we as a company would work with, with the majority of, of those, com those companies. So it's a very niche market in the global space, but we have a, a, you know, a very important position, I think, within that, that, that marketplace. And obviously very, you know, a very changing environment as well so there's a couple of landmark events have happened since you would have joined stonex and yeah. um, maybe talk us through one or two of those you know yeah there's, there's there's never a never a boring day so to speak so you know the the the, the, 
the markets are all impacted by by current events and expectations of of future events um so i remember like one of the the first uh, really kind of uh, massive volatility events after i started was in, first in 2012 so on the grain side in 2012 the grains markets went uh, absolutely crazy um there was uh heat waves in Russia and in the US. Um, I remember you know, the stories at the time, there was you know, fields of wheat going on fire in Russia, yields got, you know, got marked down again and again, and grain prices went up by 70, 80% in, in the matter of like three or four months. Um, and the benchmark wheat contract here in Europe is called the Matif wheat contract. So, um, uh, anybody who's kind of involved in the grain side would, would have a familiarity with that. And that was moving up by you know, 25, 15, 25 euros a day, you know, which, so on, on a baseline of, you know, I think it started around 140 or so. So it was, it was, it was, it was crazy type of movements. Um, the, you know, as with everything, you know, these things work themselves out, but they, they definitely cause a lot of friction and um, difficulties for everybody involved in, in the market at the time. And I suppose that's the big thing, what the big thing that we try and, and do is help people navigate, you know, those managing those risks that they have. So as a big procurement person or as, as a big sale, you know, sale, sales part of an organization, managing the price risk of your inventory or the product that you, you need to buy in, in those types of situations. And the next big one, I think, was probably 2014. So after Russia annexed Crimea and the EU and the US, et cetera, uh, all imposed pretty significant sanctions on, on Russia. And Russia um, retaliated by banning the vast majority of imports of, of dairy products um, into Russia. And I remember vividly, um, it was one, so a lot of time when you get these types of you know, international trade disputes, you know, product that's on the water. So if you're shipping, say, butter from Europe into Russia, you know, if it's on a ship, They'll let it land and you know and they, but they'll, they won't issue any new permits or, or etc but this was like this was a clean line in the sand they basically said after midnight we're not accepting anything so there were ships on the water trying to sell send product into russia that were basically had to be re-diverted or, or those containers diverted or turned around effectively um, i remember vividly um you know trying to help a, a guy he was sitting on a beach on his holidays and um, all this had just blown up and he was trying to figure out what he was going to do with this butter that was currently on, on the ship and uh, on the way to Russia, where he was going to divert it and how we were going to kind of overall manage the, the situation and manage the, the futures position on, on the back of that as well. And um, so it's, yeah, there's, uh, there's never a dull day. <laughs> Those are kind of more the extreme examples. Of, and obviously the, the invasion, uh, the Russian invasion at the moment of Ukraine has caused uh, a lot of disruption as well. And um, more indirect for dairy, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, if you're involved in the energy space, like natural gas, they had a you know a 10x increase in price, which it, it was just you know absolutely phenomenal. Um, and and the grains market was hit hit badly as well, um, with, with increases in prices. Grains has been more in our side. Dairy has been more indirectly hit from more uh, an increase in costs from the point of view of medium-term fertilizer, feed, et cetera, flowing into the, the cost of production for, for, for the dairy process, or for the dairy farmers, I should say.
and I suppose you know your your academic background but also your personal background being from a strong agricultural family and a you know you understand from both sides you know the impact that that has on the ground for for dairy farmers and for primary producers and I presume that's a that's an important piece to bring to the role um yeah. in terms yeah. of the consequences yeah it, it it really is um and it's something I, I think it took me a while to appreciate what that that background gave me um especially you know the combination of growing up on a dairy farm or sorry, not growing up on, on a farm I should say involved directly in agriculture but also having the science around understanding you know the different processes like like I was saying kind of at the time it felt like you know a very broad degree with you know maybe you know if you were to make a criticism um from somebody just finishing maybe a, a lack of focus in a particular area but that in i think in the medium term is a, is a big advantage because you know you've got such an understanding over at, at least at a level that you can you know a level that you can dive into you can pull up more information if you need across such a, a wide area so when you know, I'm discussing with our customers around, you know, where our expectations on milk production are, you know, we can go into, you know, details on fertilizer costs, response of grass growth to fertilizer, you know, soil temperatures and, and grass growth and how that potentially um, is going to impact milk production and response on response to, to feed and impact on forage quality, on fat content in the milk, or on, uh, and, and the impact of farmers maybe cutting back on bought in proteins on the protein content in milk. And having a kind of a, a, a really innate understanding of how all those bits and pieces pull together. And then on top of that, you know, linking in with you know, the macro and microeconomics, you know, the, the, the lectures I would have done with Seamus Sheehy back in first year, those supply demand graphs, you know, while they looked totally academic to me at the time, um, they basically dictate most of what the, the pricing action that happens in, in the market over the, the medium term. It's really got to do with who's got the supply, who's got the demand and where those pricing curves are, are going to meet. Um, and you know, retrospectively, there's very few courses that have such a, you know, that bring together all of those kind of different elements, the, the science side, you know, you know, I, I, back when I did, I, I'm not exactly sure at the moment, but um, back when I did first year ag, you know, we did basically all of the sciences in, in first year, and we did more science than most science students, across, you know, chemistry, physics, biology, maths, statistics, and then the economics, etc. gives you an incredible broad base to, to work on going forward. And, um, you know, as, as, you know, as somebody might slightly less kindly put it, um, you've really got enough information to be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> One of the comments I suppose you made early on about coming out, you know, um, you know, after four years in UCD and, you know, not really knowing what direction you were going in, I suppose you probably underestimated the knowledge that you had both from your background and that you had learned in those four years and yeah. it's only through you know through being in the workplace and in the kind of diverse and challenging job you do every day you probably put on all those resources um and I suppose in hindsight now you can see the benefit of it but as a you know a 21 or two year old coming out of college it can be difficult to, to know what direction to go in with all of you know a, little, a lot of a lot of information um but quite broad I suppose yeah, a hundred percent. 
like you know when if you if you'd finish something that was you know very directed like veterinary you know there's there's a very there's a you know the 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 flow the easy flow is to go into a veterinary practice and and go down that road you know it it'd be maybe a little bit more unusual to go into a different direction but there's kind of a, a really defined pathway there in front of you the same with something like you know medicine and to a slightly lesser extent engineering and and, and science etc um but the I think in 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 the retrospect that the skills set and the knowledge base um, that's that's built up with, with the agriculture degree was uh, you know I, I I lean on it every day um, like I I I do some uh, you know I, I lean back on on the geometry that I did and and redid in first year you know and for 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 building out and some statistical models and stuff and. I lean on that macroeconomic stuff almost, uh, you know, almost daily. Um, you know, I I don't consider myself an economist, but I do play one on TV sometimes, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> you know, because you're you're asked your opinion, and and you know when when you can you can you can build your view on the world on a really deep understanding of you know the different processes. That, that flow into everything. And I, you know, I, I think you know, our client base really appreciates that, that type of, of deep knowledge. I think we as a company tend to go a little bit that direction as well. So we tend to have small teams of people who are very specialized in the area that they do. So the likes of kind of maybe other, com- other companies um, would, would have kind of desks that would you know, cover maybe four, five, ten different commodities, while we as a company tend to have desks that just focus on on one commodity. So you, see, you tend to have people who are really, really specialized in in their their area and not think of anything else. But on top of that, having the background that having the background, you know, having the the, the lived experience, I think is the phrase that's used a lot now. And um, really, I think you know, deepens the value that we can give to the customers. The other thing that strikes me, John, is, you know, you hear a lot of advice about diversifying within your career. And a bit like me, I suppose, you know, you, you know, since you um, joined StoneX, you know, you, you stayed within that industry um, because, and you've been able to grow and develop within that role. Um, and I suppose, you know, there's um, maybe talk to that a little bit because, you know, that first job you take, you know, out of college um, we don't really realize it at the time, but in many ways it can dictate the path of your career. Um, and I suppose the fact that, you know, you and I are probably unique in that we haven't really, you know, moved, no. <laughs> uh, you know, which is unusual in, in today's times. And maybe that's us showing our age as well. But maybe, just, <laughs> um, you know, I suppose the, you know, the, the, the fact that you have stayed there and I suppose the ever evolving role that, you know, um, that keeps you there, I suppose, maybe. Yeah, that's that's it's a, it's a it's a really good point. Um, in some ways, I don't really think of of Stonex as as my first job. I I think of kind of that that that, that working on on the PhD and the masters as as the the, the first job. Even though I, I didn't I didn't finish the PhD, but um, that kind of that that gave that gave me a, a level of skill set. But from the from the main point there, like you know, you know, I I've never really felt the need to kind of necessarily move on for to another role to another company or another role and um, for the sake of of moving on and um, i suppose 
maybe we're a little bit unique as a company that um, the, the, the management really gives us scope to you know, forge our own directions. So you know, we made the decision in, in Dublin to really focus on dairy and as a team to, to, to really go for that. And the company as a whole gave us, gave us the support to do that, but also gave us the kind of the ability to make our own decisions within that space. And that kind of environment is, is, is you know, it's fantastic because you effectively get to create your own roles. Um, which, I mean, probably in, in maybe more traditional companies is, is not really, uh, not as common. Um, but it's meant that, um, you know, I, I haven't had to really change company to, to do new things. Like, you know, my role on a day-to-day basis, you know, no two days are exactly the same. You know, so, you know, I can be involved in, you know, uh, a, a, a dairy outlook um, yes, yesterday, working with customers on managing, you know, cheese exposure for next year, you know, in the afternoon and working with a, a, one of the teams in Chicago on an internal software project, you know, the, the next morning. So it's, it's, it, it's very, very varied and um, it, allow, it has allowed me kind of to Kind of create my effectively create my own niche within within the company that way, um, and you know the it's like I said it's probably in some ways you know, it's a, it's probably a little bit like ag in some ways it's a little bit unstructured because you kind of have to do the, the you do the legwork yourself to 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 do that, but um, it's very it it does give you that that flexibility to kind of make your own place in the world. And make the job your own. Yeah. So, exactly. so what advice would give, would you give your twenty one year old self? Um, biggest advice. Yeah, the biggest advice I'd give is, you know, is a be more confident. I, I know this this might be you know again <laughs> showing my age a little bit, um, because I I think the the kind of people going in and coming out of college now um, are generally a, a little bit more confident in themselves, but you know. Growing up in Ireland in in the eighties and, and the nineties, you know, was a totally different economic out you know situation than today. Um, Ireland was a very very different country, and growing up in rural Ireland, it was it was a different place as well. And you know, coming, you know, I I, I think there were, I, I would have still had finishing up uh, a bit of a holdover from that kind of maybe lack of confidence or uh, you know pushing pushing myself out there. I don't think if I wouldn't have applied for a job like what I do now coming out of, out of college, as in I wouldn't into a financial services company because I wouldn't have seen that as potentially a place where, where I, I could have gone. But I, I think that the, the, the biggest thing is around, you know, confidence in, in what you have. You've got very well-rounded, broad degree um, with, a, with a vast amount of knowledge and probably even more importantly, the, the, the skill set to be able to, acquire new knowledge because you've got, you know, not might necessarily be the biggest expert in any individual area, but you've the ability to be able to dive very deeply into an individual area because you've got the skill, you've got the science, the, under, the basic understanding around it, and you can build things from first principles then. And um, so it's very, I'm not easy, it's probably a bit too strong, but 
it's 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 a very standardized process then to become more expert in an area when you've got the, all of the foundations rather than trying to to build a, a tower on sand and and not have that, have that foundation um so confidence in the abilities in what you've been given as as part of the course i think is is what i'd i'd really say to myself and, and put yourself out there and um, you know one of the one of the the best things that I did as uh, you know as an, as when I was doing the PhD was um, I ended up doing a little bit of lecturing and um, there's nothing quite like standing in the, in front of a room now I was lucky there were relatively small lectures of, of 20 people um, for the first time um, and giving a two-hour lecture um, there's 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 fear and there's fear <laughs> when, you, when you do something like that of course you know do it, it it meant that you know I got great experience standing up in front of people. And you know you can't learn off a two-hour lecture. You have to be able to basically have a general scheme of where you're going, and then you know be able to speak around the points. And that you know skill sets like that are incredibly important on day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose you know being open to new opportunities. Like you've had you know the opportunity to lecture within that. Yeah. And it was being open and being able to maybe recognize the skill set that you do have and the ability. I think you mentioned uh, in our previous conversation around to put all the threads together. So it's yeah. to be, you know, um, to have confidence in what you know and what you've learned and where you've come from, because um, you know that we have a lot of qualities and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, learnings that that are really applicable in in that day to day role that yeah. maybe we underestimate sometimes. Yeah, and, and I think there's another thing coming uh, coming from uh, you know an, an agricultural background as well. There's you know there's uh, agri you know family farms are small business. Um, you know there's not a big tech support team. You know it's not like working for a big company where you've got an IT team here. You've got like you know facility support on the other side, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you need to be able to you know if something happens, you need to be able to solve that problem. You need to be able to work around it. Need to get to the, the end result. You don't have a massive backup, and you have to have that self-reliance and self-belief that you can you can do that. Um, and um, I think that's something that maybe that we don't appreciate enough. With, you know, coming from that background, is that self-resilience and that ability of going well. That's the problem. Okay, this might. I don't have an easy way to fix this, but I can I can figure out a workaround. I've got the skill set to be able to go, okay, well, if I can't go that way, I can go around it and the tenacity to, to keep going because you know the, you've got no op, you know, you're work, you're on, you're you're working on a farm and you don't have the option of calling in the support. You know, most of the time you need to be able to, to fix that yourself, whether it's you know fixing a water pipe or you know, yeah. et cetera, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Very good. Listen, John, this has been a great conversation. Um, thank you very much for joining us today. I think you're a great example of how diverse the industry is and how within that there are so many different niches. Um, and you're also a great example about how if you find a job that truly inspires you and interests you and challenges you, you can carve out a fantastic career. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great talking with you today. Um, and I look forward to meeting you again in the future um, and I wish you continued success in all that you do. Thank you very much. Thanks very much.